Well, the virus has now killed more than 100 people in China, and new cases have been confirmed around the world. So you don't want to frighten the American public. France and South Korea have also got evacuation plans. Which you need to prepare for and assume. Strongly warning Americans to avoid all non-essential travel to China. That this is going to be a real serious problem. France, Australia, Canada, the US, Singapore, Cambodia, Vietnam, the list goes on. Health officials are investigating more than 100 possible cases in the US. Germany, a man has uh, contracted the virus. The epidemic is a demon and we cannot let this demon hide. Japan, where a bus driver uh, contracted the virus. Coronavirus has killed more than 100 people there and infected more than 4,500. We have to prepare for the worst, always, because if you don't and the worst happens. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back, War Room Pandemic, episode 398. We're going to do the legendary 399 and 400 tomorrow from New York City. Uh, with Raheem Gassan, we got the entire team. Okay, our vote, we need everybody in hashtag we're in pandemic, everybody in the live stream, everybody's listening by radio, go online, you got to vote. Does President Trump go today, like immediately, or should he wait until after the funeral? And by the way, we're not making any uh, judgment calls on the respect for uh, Associate Justice Ginsburg. we got tremendous respect for her. She's a great American, uh, obviously very progressive, very liberal, but brilliant. Scalia's best friend and tough as boot leather really hung in there, but she did make a bad decision. Uh, and that's going to that's going to haunt the left. Uh, Raheem, I want to go back. American uh, Principles Project, uh, Terry Schilling, talking about the glorious ACB, Amy Coney Barrett, uh, the uh, former professor at Notre Dame, is now an appellate court justice, already been vetted. Um, talk to us about uh, the, 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 these ads and everything that's going on and also the orthodox. Give us a summary. And how do you get more access to uh, America's principal project. Tell us about this whole, this thing at the end. We need volunteers. You need volunteers to get these ads up. This is what's going to happen on, on election day. By the way, it's going to happen before election. All because of missing context, right? Their judgment call. This is why they got to take the 230 uh, 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 exemption away. These are not agnostic platforms anymore. These are publishers. They're making calls behind the scenes. Raheem Ghassam called it months ago. Who watches the Watchmen? Right now, all of these people that are part of these policies are all Democratic operatives, left wing, never Trump, right? Anti-social conservative, anti-all of it, right? That's the problem you've got. you got to expose it all. Rana McDaniel, the team of the RNC, be doing a spectacular job. What I think they ought to do is go into Mar and start suing these companies, go to the Federal Elections Commission. They're in collusion with the Biden campaign. Let's start suing them. Let's get their emails or text messages, their phone conversations, the meetings. Vanity Fair is reporting the Biden campaign's meeting with media executives. This is in Vanity Fair on last Thursday. What are they talking about? Not calling the election. Adding special context, right? Context is Donald Trump wins. Hawkfish, folks, they're in your grill. Nancy, uh, Hillary Clinton, you know, Hillary Clinton's sitting there going under no circumstances, right? Not the, under no circumstances, should you concede, she actually said uh, Friday, you shouldn't give an inch on this throwdown of not uh, putting another Supreme Court justice up here. Here's the problem, Hillary, because I know you can't really, you know, play three-dimensional chess, right? Too many years with Bill. Don't even want to go into that, but just just saying. Um, and this is why you blew. I love this so much. Hillary, embrace the suck. You're not president of the United States, right? I had a tiny, tiny, tiny part in doing that, but man. 
It's so good when I lay my head on the pillow every night. Just remember <laughs> that you're up in the, whatever that house is, wherever you are, right? With your with your phony decorator walking around. Chappaqua. All your taste is in your mouth. Um, the um, God, that's viciously cruel. I'm not, Chap, no, I'm not normally like that. Chap biscuit in Chappaqua. <laughs> the, um, no, but Hillary, you brought this on yourself. Your whole thing about don't give an inch. You forced the necessity because of your n- do not concede under any circumstances. Why? Because we got to get it to the courts. Why do we have to get it to the courts? Because we got to push this to to December, so the states can't certify the votes. So that then they can't elect the uh, the group of electors that then can get the electoral college here on the fourteenth of December and declare Donald Trump the president. No, 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 can't do that. Got to have law for. Got to kick it into uh, January. So that so that uh, Nancy Pelosi, she's very unbiased. She's saying, "Hey, I'm gonna impeach them all. I got arrows in my quiver." One of her arrows arrows is the House of uh, the House of Representatives, the Congress. The Senate votes for the Vice President. The Congress votes for El Presidente. Right. This is how they're going to try to turn this into a banana republic and force Joe El Cid Biden. By the way, the other day I I warned Jill and the team, the Biden team, Jake Sullivan, take notes. You got to pin on the bib, on the back of the bib, you got to pin the note card. It's not 200 million Americans, okay? It's 200,000. 200,000 is terrible. I agree, right? They're all, they're all uh, dead because of the CCP genocide, right? That's where we got to hold a CCP accountable. We're going to get Brian Kilmeade bracing the president up earlier. Got to get tough. Got to put the nominee out today or tomorrow. Got to hold the Chinese Communist Party accountable. Got to shut down TikTok. Action, action, action. We're not in a talking mode now. Raheem Kassam, jump in here. Grab a mic down the road in New York City. Yeah, Steve, um, I want to get back to that APP point. And it's a really good point because a lot of people just sort of whine when they're censored by social media. I'm not talking about ordinary people, but groups out there, very moneyed groups, very influential groups, they just take to the airwaves and whine. Oh, Facebook censoring us, Twitter censoring us. The guys at the American Principles Project effectively said, okay, well, let's figure out a way around this. Let's find a workable solution to reach people. And that's twofold here. Number one is the volunteer scheme that Terry was talking about, APP, dash pack.com where ordinary citizens all across the country effectively can help volunteer by kind of sending text messages through this rumble up app that we're using uh, and then the second one is taking out television ads so what we're doing right now is we're in the, in, in the process of finalizing a new ad and we're actually going to be doing some tv buys uh, across the country to make sure that the electorate is able to see uh, the advertisements that app was banned from putting uh, on Facebook and, and and kind of topping and tailing those ads with Terry's own voice and, and, and an explanation as to why the ads are having okay, to be ha- aired hang on, in a much ha- more expensive ha- ha- venue, ha- ha- national television, yeah, but hang on, hang uh, to we're, get around the Facebook but, but hang on, we're going to give you a signal and not the noise. You're giving the great signal on Facebook and why this is so important. That's the digital muscle that's going to try to push the illegitimate presidency of uh, of Joe Biden. But I want to give you some more signal. First off, the poll, everybody go vote in the poll. Your responsibility every day is push this content out everywhere. Get all your friends to vote. The vote right now is 85-14. And we wonder why Jack Maxey is the star of the show, right? We, under, we, we wonder why when contract negotiations come, back, come up, the Jack Maxey is going to be like a beast, right? <laughs> it's 
<laughs> for go today versus wait for the thing. Um, but I want to go back for a second and talk about Malcolm Gladwell and connect, um, connect Malcolm Gladwell to Terry Schilling in the nine and a half percentage points, principally among Democrats. This is how you win elections. Ladies and gentlemen, Mal- Malcolm Gladwell, I believe, wrote the thing about the 10,000 hours to get expect. My daughter was a uh, Division One, four-time all-conference uh, athlete, volleyball player at the United States Military Academy. Came out of the beaches of Southern California where Karch Karai and them trained the Olympic team. From the time she was 10 years old, complete, total dedication as hundreds of thousands or millions of young women in this country. And the biggest thing is, I think, changed us for the better as a society is young women's sports and father's involvement in young women's sports over the last 40, 50 years. What this transgender thing is and what Terry Schilling, those guys did the preliminary ads, Raheem, you guys did back in uh, the, in the, uh, I think in the, some of the primaries was this ability for guys to basically just walk up and say, uh, Hey, I'm a girl and, uh, and compete in, in, uh, in, 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 in high school and in club sports. And, and when people see these ads, and particularly mothers see these ads, and understand the sacrifice, understand the commitment, understand the dedication that these young women put into these sports to maybe, guess what, get a scholarship, get a ride somewhere, or just to become better, better people, better focus, more focus. And some guy can flip through whether it's right. It's insanity. And he sees this thing. That's why it's nine and a half percent. Cernovich, we're at the wall. Can't talk about the wall. We're at the wall at the conference. One of the conferences I put on with my contract. Right? <laughs> Just saying. We're there with Cernovich. Now, we're there with Cernovich. Crazy Mike Cernovich. Cernovich pulls me aside. This is two years ago. Pulls me aside and says, hey, I got the, I got the, I got the winner. I go, what are you talking about? I'm at the wall. I got a big wall. Hey, wall, security, sovereignty. I got the winner. I go, what? He goes, it's 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 high school girl sports. I go, what are you talking about? He walks me through all the analysis. I, it's like the scales fell off my eyes. And I related it back to, to Maureen Bannon and her thing. I go, oh, my God, can this really happen? He goes, it's happening all over California. So, so Raheem, this is... Malcolm Gladwell's it takes 10,000 hours to kind of become an expert in anything really good. These kids at 9 and 10 or 11, they're not playing multiple sports anymore. They're playing one sport. They dedicate their entire lives. These little girls, they dedicate their entire lives. And this is the cutting edge. You want to talk about empowered women? I don't need any progressive feminists to talk to me about empowered women. My daughter went to the West Point and was with the 101st Airborne and served in Iraq under President Obama, okay? She's empowered enough. And all of her female colleagues are empowered. They're empowered women. They don't need any nonsense from some feminist. They're empowered. They're, 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 and they, hey, and for the conservatives that women shouldn't be in combat, well, hey, if you don't have women in combat in these Islamic countries, you know, Buddy and Jody are not volunteering. These people are volunteering, okay? They're volunteering. But this connects back to what the American principle of Terry Schelling and these guys think it through, like with Cernovich. This is a mess, and nobody wants to talk about it. Everybody wants to be polite. But they're stealing the future from these young women, okay? And it's not right. Raheem Ghassam, what say you? 
I look. I'm glad you see it that way because this isn't just about politicking ahead of an election. This is something that Terry and APP have been working on for some time, having been told by these not just the high school girls, but the you know the people who are relying on scholarships to go to college, uh, relying on their athleticism and the and the ten thousand hours that they put in um, to the to, to their careers. And it's being it's 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 under attack right now. It's under attack from the new. Uh, uh, you know, new era, the new Equality, uh, Equality Act um, from the political left, and very few people are talking about it. That's why I think it's so important. That's why I think uh, APP has really found its niche uh, in the market with this thing. And and here's the thing: I mean, what what's what's further down the line if right now anybody, myself, can walk up to a track women's running uh, team and go, "Hey, by the way." I can also run. I identify as a woman. I can also run. What's coming down the line further? I'm just so glad we've, we're catching it in the bud right now. Well, I think there's someone who really needs to get some props for all of this, and it's Betsy DeVos at the Department of Education. She's been using the tools of the left to push back. Remember Title IX, which created all of the female varsity sports, etc.? She's pushing back in the state of Connecticut. She wants to take away, I don't know, about $30 million or something like that from Connecticut schools who won't drop out of this Connecticut Athletic Association that allows women to compete. I think it's fantastic. And you're watching her play the same exact game with Princeton University after their president, like a Jack, Jack Mule, uh, said that basically, uh, you know, Princeton is an institution that suffers institutional racism, which would make it in violation of Title IX as well. So, I think it's time that we start pushing back. I think it's time that we start using some of these regulations to our benefit. And I think that we are going to win because average Americans can see the insanity of this. Okay, we got to do a reset. For we got so much in the show to go through. We're going to go to China. We're going to talk to the homepage of Drudge, the Mac Daddy on Drudge is all about Europe in a meltdown with a new uh, outbreak of uh, of coronavirus. I guess wave two is hitting as the weather gets cooler. In Europe, stock markets being affected. Jack Max is going to give us updates in China. There's all kind of tells coming out here. You hear Dr. Yan every second being reinforced with her, her thing. You wouldn't know it from all you've got is crickets. Now they're ripping down everything on social media. However, what Jack Dorsey and Zuckerberg are not doing is not ripping down anything from the Chinese Communist Party or the 50-cent Wu Mao army that attack her relentlessly. No, no, no. If we expose her to a beatdown... That's just the normal course of things. That's just, uh, what is it? That's missing context, right? These people are bad, and we should go in there, should turn them into utilities, take all of Zuckerberg's wealth, and uh, and give it to charity. No, I'm just kidding. That's that that's too that's too 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 left wing. Um, maybe. Okay. Um, we're gonna take a short commercial break. Where's your vote? Jack Maxey's winning right now, 85 to 14. Want to hear everybody voting. We'll be doing voting all week. We believe in democracy here. Want to hear your voice. Short commercial break. Back with Europe and Raheem Kassam in a second. War Room. Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room. Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. I guess we're not going to do Raheem. Well, the Prime Minister, 
Go ahead, Raheem. You've, you've got this. I, the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom is chairing a, a COBRA meeting. That's the special cabinet emergency meeting uh, today, talking about the latest uh, coronavirus, uh, the pandemic resolutions that are going to be coming from the British government as cases appear to be rising again in across the United Kingdom. They're especially worried about the capital in London, obviously the density of that, uh, of, of that city being uh, something that they're taking into serious consideration, not least because of the great push by the British government over the summer to reopen pubs, to reopen bars, to reopen restaurants. They'd even undertaken measures by which to attempt to get more people to go out. Uh, the government subsidizing uh, uh, 10 pounds in, in every meal, I think that was over 20 or 30 pounds to try and get people to go back out to restaurants. And now they're saying, whoa, 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 you know, we've got a, a load of new cases on our hands. Uh, a lot of people pointing to the weather and the change in the weather from the summer uh, about how the how the virus spreads in that. Uh, and you're seeing now uh, the the chief government scientist in the United Kingdom talking about uh, you know the next six months having to operate on some kind of more lockdown specific measures. Uh, so London particularly, but the greater uh, the wider United Kingdom is looking like uh, it's going into a, a proper second wave here. Let me bring in Jack Maxey, who's uh, who stays on the pandemic twenty four seven. Is this because it's getting cooler and it's obviously cooler in Europe because of the uh, the latitude than here? And you're starting to see what this, this – look, we were the first guys to call it. Don't think that you're not going to have a continuation of the first wave because of summer because we said since it came from a, a bioweapons lab, it's impervious to heat and humidity. But now in Europe, I look at Drudge on the Mac Daddy. I see the world stock markets starting to get concerned. What is going on here, Brother Maxie? I personally think what's going on in England is a bit of panic. I think that they've sort of lost control of the program. I think that they're doubling down on the fear. They've got problems with the National Health Service creating issues. They've got problem with the teachers, et cetera. I, I think that Boris Johnson has, to a certain extent, totally lost control of what's going on in Great Britain. And when you look around Europe— right, uh, Raheem, are you, do, you, do you believe this is a policy situation or we actually got a, uh, a virus situation? you agree with Jack? That these cases are exploding in in certain areas all across the United Kingdom. Uh, now, there there it depends on where you look to specifically, and it depends on where the reporting is, because there are some neighbourhoods which we saw uh, uh, going back three four weeks ago, which had reported uh, larger increases in numbers. You're not necessarily seeing the hard data coming out of the more dense areas at the moment. Uh, so the argument could be made both ways. I just want to go back to Drudge, right? And I realize Revolver and uh, What's What's Finger and uh, uh, Citizens Free Press, all the different sites we go to are fantastic, but Drudge is still Drudge. And this is the Mac Daddy. They got the, they got the chart, right? And they go, first headline, the Mac Daddy. London fears second wave. Next one, Cobra meets. Next one, Madrid wants army. Next one, Dutch re record, record cases. Next, fresh surge USA. And last but not least, stocks plunge. Jack Maxey, is that all just Boris Johnson screwing things up? Well, I mean, you say, is it all just Boris Johnson screwing things up? I mean, is it all just Cuomo screwing things up? I think certain geographies are worse than others, and I almost always it's because of policy and density of population. Those two combinations in conjunction with one another seem to have caused most of the problems. I mean, I hate to do this, but I, I'll take a victory lap on it because I've been getting yelled at for eight months on it. Look at Sweden. 
Sweden's not getting a second surge like everyone else. Sweden is at almost zero uh, mortalities now. Well, all these great places that smash the curve, what they don't realize is you flatten the curve, but the same number of infected are going to be under that curve no matter how well you manipulate the spikes and valleys. This is the fact of a viral uh, infection. So I think that what we're going to see is, yes, you're probably will see a second spike here in the fall. This is, uh, I think, normal. We've watched this happen with other viruses through history. We even have the chief virologist of China now saying that the Chinese need to prepare. He says that we have another year of this. So this isn't necessarily going away. But as I have always said, and I said this almost from the start, the president's obligation was to tell the people who were likely to die from this and explain very clearly who is at greatest risk. None of that has ever changed. It hasn't changed in England. It hasn't changed here. But instead, in almost every Western country, I think poorly taking the advice of China, we did a one-size-fits-all program for everybody. We put people who were healthy under lockdown, in many cases in small apartments with one person who's infected, infected the entire family, I think um, the record of this, looking back, is going to be an absolute disaster. And I think that places like Sweden are going to look like the success stories. I think places like Ecuador and Guayaquil are going to look like the success stories because they dealt with this rationally rather than out of an absolute state of fear and panic, which seems to have been the modus operandi for most of the West. You haven't seen any of this kind of crazy panic going on in places like Africa or even in Latin America like we've watched here. We're the hand in hydroxy. By the way, I want to duly note on the 21st of September, the year of our Lord 2020, Jag Maxi, after being yelled at for the last six months, quote, unquote, I just want to say there's also no whining in the war room. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's true, but I stuck to my guns. I you mean, stuck one HCQ thing. and Sweden, I stuck to both of them, I, and I, they turned out both to be correct. Jack Maxey, one thing I can tell you, he will never back off. Once he's sticking to his guns, this is old-school American, man. This is the, cuss, the cussedness of the American character personified by Jack Maxey. There'll be the, probably the, the show with Jack Maxey here in a couple of months. We do contract renegotiations. Raheem. Back to you. What about the rest of Europe? Drudge has got the whole thing. That's all Europe. Spain's calling out the yeah. army. You got what is going on in Europe? Yeah, I mean, look, this is one of the reasons I think Drudge is is kind of out of it. Uh, I mean, I, I read the uh, the new Matt Leshack book, The Drudge Revolution. It kind of talks you through the way that Drudge operates. A lot of these headlines are just full-on scare tactics from Drudge. I mean, Madrid is calling up the army uh, to help with kind of disinfectant, uh, mass disinfecting of, of facilities that need to be used to deal with the potential second wave. I think that's just good planning. Uh, I'm not sure that Drudge's headline reflects that, but hey, Drudge doesn't care, right? He just wants the clicks. Um, the, the, the thing I go back to on, on Jack's point is, yeah, I mean, look, you had uh, in the last 14 days about 3,100 cases reported in Sweden, but you only had 1,400 in neighboring Norway, you only had 647 in neighboring Finland, you only had 205 in Iceland. What this comes down to is not necessarily even the way that Sweden have dealt with this from an epidemiological perspective, but it actually comes back to what Jack said, is population density really plays a big deal um, in a lot of this. Also, testing plays a big deal in a lot of this. The British testing regime, for whatever people complain about it, in the 
United Kingdom is actually one of the most sort of robust in the Western world. Now, I don't think they should be doing testing like this. I think testing on this kind of mass scale that you're seeing here in the United States and in the United Kingdom actually gives a false impression of how this virus is, um, because what it does is it, it, it inflates the numbers and allows the media and the Drudge Report to play a scare game over things like this. But then, nonetheless, you look at the United Kingdom's numbers over the last sort of couple of weeks, and you've gone from a circa uh, a thousand case a day reporting in about August to now you're seeing three thousand, three and a half thousand, up to four and a half thousand uh, over the course of this weekend cases being reported. And again, I think, look, Boris Johnson's been an absolute disaster in just so many ways. I did call that about two years ago. I think people will remember uh, that Boris Johnson was just going to be a total disaster as a prime. Minister, but I want to. I want the audience to listen to what Boris Johnson's sister is now saying on LBC. I don't know if we've got the clip from last night from LBC. It's it's just nonsense coming out of uh, uh, the British uh, establishment right now. What she's this is one she wants to shut down all pubs and no alcohol sales until a vaccine has been delivered to all uh, all uh, Brits. I, I want to go to the vaccine. President Trump saying, "Hey, they're trying to take away my victory here on the vaccine. They want to delay it forever. I can deliver it now." Bill Gates is talking about vaccines. Where do we stand with vaccines? And, you know, there's not an insignificant part of the Trump base. They talk about social conservatives. I don't want to say they're anti-vaxxers, but they're highly skeptical of this forced march for a vaccine. Mr. Jack Maxey. Well, listen, I think the, the vaccines are a big question mark. AstraZeneca, you remember the Oxford uh, vaccine? They had a problem with a woman who suffered some paralysis after taking her second round of shots. And they said, oh, that's nothing to worry about. But then we find out this morning that the AstraZeneca tests in the United States have been halted. They have never been restarted for, since that occurrence two and a half to three weeks ago. And then you look at Russia. Apparently today they're coming out, the Russian vaccine. They've halted distribution of the vaccine inside Russia. There's been no explanation as to why they've done that. But apparently they have. And then there are some real issues when it comes to our two top vaccines, the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccine. I mean, the Pfizer vaccine has to be delivered and carried around at minus 70 Celsius. That's minus 94 Fahrenheit. This creates distribution problems. The Moderna uh, vaccine, I believe, has to be at minus 10 Celsius, something like that. In your so, learned opinion, are we are we going too quickly on this vaccine and not focus enough on therapeutics? In my learned opinion, I think that the vaccine should probably be held for the elderly, the people who are most vulnerable. I'm a little bit uh, worried about these RNA messenger vaccines for young people, particularly those who might be in their reproductive years. That's uh, a totally untested sort of vaccination process that's never been tried before. Uh, it actually manipulates your own DNA to provide you with a, uh, a response. I think there's some big question marks, but I think when you're talking about the most vulnerable, those who are well beyond their productive years, the 60 plus, yes. I think they can probably get the vaccine in a timely fashion, and so can some of the first responders. Okay, I want to hear what you have to say. Hashtag, this is the most powerful show in the world, not because of us, because of you. You're the, the deplorables. You've united with Lao Beijing. This place, this show's played from Australia to mainland China to Europe. want to hear your voice. Go vote now. Get in, Hashtag war and pandemic in the live stream. want to hear comments, observations. We're going to talk about China next when we return on War Room Pandemic. War Room. Pandemic.
Epidemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. We made it. Just made it back. Oh, okay. So we're supposed to have a cold open there. I guess we had a swing and a miss, a little technical problems today. But I want to thank the team at uh, out in Colorado, Real America's Voice, and also uh, Dan Floyd and the entire uh, production team here working through our issues. We're going to get uh, momentarily. We're going to get the uh, cold open. We're going to get cold open. It's not so cold. Is it ready to go, Vish? In a moment. Sorry about that. Okay. Uh, Raheem, I want to go to, we're going to talk about China here in a second. Jackie, you got breaking news. I want to go to TikTok, though, Raheem. Uh, what is going on here? This is a this is an easy one. Shut it down. The Chinese are already in your grill about ByteDance. She what they got to prove. Walk the audience through. We have fought this one, fought this one, fought this one. The audience does such a great job of supporting us. Lao Beijing. They even saying WeChat's got to be shut down. What, what's going on? Yeah, I can't really understand why after all of this political capital that's been built up and the head of steam that was built up behind the idea of removing these Chinese Communist Party linked uh, technologies from the US app stores, after all of that was built up, we appear to have backed down and I'm not sure what we've backed down for at this point. Look, the deal that's on the table with TikTok right now that the president seems to have given his uh, green light to leaves control in the hands of ByteDance, the CCP-linked company that founded TikTok. It leaves full, almost full control uh, in the hands of ByteDance. I think it's to either 20 or 30% that rests in the hands of, of what will be a conglomerate between Oracle and Walmart and maybe some others in this whole thing. So that is not a good deal. That is not securing the data of Americans. It is not securing uh, elections that can be impacted by the CCP as a result of their ownership of the app, of the data, of everything, of the back doors, of the things that you copy and paste on your phone. All of that situation has not been resolved by this deal in any way shape or form and here's what we have to uh, consider i talk about the head of steam right the political capital that was built up as a result of this they announced last weekend that wechat and tiktok were going to be removed from the u.s app stores on sunday yesterday and there wasn't this mass outcry, this cultural outcry, not even from the millennials or the Zoomers or anything, there was kind of an understanding that actually, yeah, you know, maybe we should be using Instagram's reels or whatever else instead, because maybe the best idea isn't to have CCP linked spyware on our devices. And so you didn't even have a pushback, a, a popular pushback from ordinary people, consumers in this country. What you had is kind of this corporate pushback from the end entities that want to coin money in off this deal, the oracles and the Walmarts. And I don't understand. Now, I know the president went on Fox this morning and he kind of wrote back on his green light. He said, well, if ByteDance retains control, then maybe I don't give a green light to it. But he already okayed that deal over the course of the weekend. So did I think President read, Trump does not, need did, to explain did, a little bit more in detail now where he, he stands on it. Did he not read the deal? I mean, this is one that's got to get, uh, you can't, and by the way, just like their bite dance, you can't dance around this. It's one or the other. This has got to be a full shutdown. Okay, I want to go now to Brian Kilmeade. We'll do the cold open five minutes into the segment. Let's go. China, it's well, just a very different But even that's measured. Because, Mr. Know, President, you're even being measured with that compared to where you usually are. They really are responsible for the deaths of 200,000 Americans that the committees and analysts are saying that could have been stopped in their country. Are they going to be allowed well, to get away with that? I say it every time I speak. 
I say it every time I speak, Brian. I'm angry at him because they could have stopped this. They could have stopped it easily. They stopped it from going back further into their country, but they didn't stop it from going out to the rest of the world, of which we're a part. They didn't stop it from coming here in Europe and all over the world, 188 countries to be exact. They did not stop it. Countries are devastated. Now they're having a big outbreak in Europe. Mm -hmm. They just had a big outbreak. And as you know, you probably saw different parts of Europe. Everyone said what a great job they did. And uh, they had a great outbreak. And if you don't mind, I just said much better. There's a video out now. Much better than Europe. There's a video out now from uh, Reuters has it out. There's a video out uh, of China's Air Force rocketing Guam. And that's meant to intimidate Taiwan. You just sent somebody there. They're trying to, they had exercises during that period. You know they steamrolled Hong Kong. They're using this opportunity to take advantage of the distraction. How, have you, how are you going to counter something like that? Well, I won't be telling you that, but <laughs> they know they've got some big problems, okay? If they play around, if they want to play the game, they've mm -hmm. got some big problems. So we'll, you'll be... You'll just have to follow that one on the news, Brian. But okay. you'll be the first to get there, and you'll probably be the first to know. So stay tuned for that. Um, Mr. President, you mentioned Chris Wallace uh, a couple of minutes. Okay. Um, I think they actually had a, another part of that thing, too, where they're, she's still bracing him up. But uh, action, action, action. You got um, Kilmeade actually sits there, I think even later, says, well, you know, I'm hearing the talking, but where's the action? I'm angry at them. And he did say, you stand by, there's going to be some action, right? He said, stand by, watch the news. That, you know, Fox, I can't tell you that, but things are going to happen. So, I mean, it's got to be action. Jack, I want to, this is the first time, because the other thing is got, uh, we, we'll put that up tomorrow, where he goes back to the trade deal. Oh. Trade deal's not good enough. Just not good enough. We're huge supporters of the president, but we know the dangers of the CCP. And right now we're playing footsie. Okay. Time for action, action. I mean, tough act. Shut uh, TikTok down. Uh, Brian Kilmeade just said right there, hey, they killed 200,000. I didn't see the president say no. He says, I'm very angry at them. Time to f uh, turn anger into action. Right? Not for vengeance. Not for retribution. For fairness. Right? They destroyed, you know, 95% of this. This, remember... This economic carnage is going to play out over decades. We had uh, Jason Trenard on the other day, one of the brightest guys on Wall Street. He says, hey, I think we may be getting close to the Japanification of the, of the, of the economy. That wasn't on January 15th when they signed the trade deal. That wasn't the case. It was coming because they knew about it and lied about it. Listen to Dr. Yan. She talked to him on the 1st of January. They knew about it, knew they had a big problem. A couple of days later, she said, hey, don't don't call us back. We got our own issues. Don't need to talk to the World Health Organization's reference lab. Most of America wouldn't know that because Twitter, Jack Dorsey took it down because of his committee. It, it's insane that Jack Dorsey's not being sued nonstop. Jack Dorsey is an enabler of the deaths in this country. OK, by taking down Dr. Yan, Jack Dorsey, she's a she's a fact witness in this. Besides writing this amazing report, she's also a fact witness. She knows what went on. Jack Dorsey and Twitter does not want you to know that. Facebook does not want you to know that. Right? What do they call it? It's uh, context. Uh, missing context. Missing context is how in bed with the Chinese Communist Party they are, how, how they kowtow to the CCP. 
Jack Maxey, what other news we got coming out of China? You're, you're all over the tells. There's some tells coming out here. Are there not, sir, in the Global Times? Well, there's some big tells. I mean, before we get to the big one, I want to say that the president, in the last weekend, we've had China basically declare that they're going to invade Taiwan, that this is all over with. They've told us that they've created essentially an entities list of people, corporations who the Chinese government is not going to deal with. Mr. President, this is your opportunity to show why we voted for you, because you are a man of action. Stop playing games with these Chinese people. They are delaying the inevitable confrontation. And while they're delaying, they're stopping up, stocking up on food from our Iowa farms. I think it's time to cut the entire chain with communist China, my opinion. But here is a big piece of news that came out today. This is in the Global Times, and I'm going to show the picture. I don't know if people can see this, but... This is a picture of the Wuhan lab right there. And China's, uh, the title is China's Agricultural Ministry Requires Stricter Supervision Over Laboratory Biosafety. China's Ministry of Agriculture and Rural Affairs called the continued strengthening of supervision for laboratory biosafety management an important measure. The statement said there are still shortcomings in laboratory construction and biosafety supervision work in China, despite the fact that veterinary laboratories contributed greatly to helping control the epidemic of African swine flu two years ago. Essentially, in my opinion, I believe they are setting up a narrative where they can then blame some cadre in the Wuhan lab for the release of this virus so that it's not the responsibility of the Chinese Communist Party. As always, it's going to be some functionary who's going to be blamed for this. Expect the bat lady to maybe not be going to New Year's next January. And I'll tell you what, I contacted our esteemed virologist, Dr. Yan, with this article. And I'd like to read for you what she said, and hopefully at uh, Jack won't take it down from Twitter. She said, these recent news about biosafety issues in China is to let people believe biosafety concerns is a big issue and make people believe that SARS-2 is accidentally escaped from lab. But remember, SARS-2 is their weapon from P4 lab, not other common pathogens from common labs, and no pandemic from those accidents after the control. For lab-made, they knew they cannot, denied with my strong scientific evidence. Basically, she's saying that this sort of change in the narrative, and I've discussed this with other people, is basically them setting the stage for their mea culpa. Planet Earth, we cannot let them play this game. They are responsible for this epidemic around the world. And we're going to find out later on today, a 96-page report is going to be published by Congress on the Foreign Affairs Committee, and it was obtained by the New York Post, and in it they say that it is beyond doubt that the CCP actively engaged in a cover-up designed to obfuscate data, hide relevant public health information, and suppress doctors and journalists. Research shows the CCP could have reduced the number of cases in China by up to 95% and kept us from having a global pandemic. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the rubber to meet the road, Mr. President. It is time for you to stand up and do your most fundamental job, which I know you believe in, which is to protect the American people. Let's protect our economy. Let's protect our agricultural exports. Let's protect the security of planet Earth by cutting the rope and telling Chairman Z to pound sand, Mr. President. It's not it's this is not about anger. This is not about being angry. Angry is part of pathos. 
We need logos, and we need eros. We need we uh, ethos. Ethos. Wow, <laughs> that's a Freudian slip. <laughs> just when I was on a ladies, roll. get ready. He's coming <laughs> to New York. <laughs> Just when I do the, just when I do the, no, don't even, I don't even want to go back to Terry Schilling and the APP. Um, this is, but we don't need anger. We need resolution. We need iron will. They need to be held accountable today. Here's what needs to happen today. We need to nominate a associate justice for the United States Supreme Court today. We need to have a hearing on Wednesday. We need to put it to the Senate for a vote next week. We need to get that justice in because they are trying to steal an election. As uh, 250 flag officers said, the most important election since the founding of the Republic, Tom Hayward and company. Okay, not Steve Bannon, not the war room crowd, Tom Hayward and company. Most important election since the founding of the Republic. We need firm resolution and we need the hand of righteousness to hold the Chinese Communist Party, starting with the top gangster, General Secretary Xi. Now you've got a report coming out from, from, from Congress that's going to dovetail what Southampton University told us five months ago. 95% of the deaths, 95% of the destruction, all of it lays on their doorstep. That's what we need. We're going to take a short commercial break. We're going to turn over to Raheem Kassam in New York. Jack Maxey, Stephen K. Bannon here in the War Room. Want to have your votes. Want to have your voice. It's your voice that makes this show different. Let us hear what you're saying. Go to hashtag War Room Pandemic. Go to the live stream. Go to Twitter. Go everywhere. Push the content out. Then get your do your duty today on Get Out the Vote. And all of the Bernie crowd, understand something. We stand with you. Great. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Well, the Department of Justice uh, this morning uh, has a new release out talking about the jurisdictions that they are identifying as permitting violence and destruction of property. New York City, Portland and Seattle have been identified as three jurisdictions permitting violence and destruction of property, refusing to undertake reasonable measures to counteract criminal activities. And, and the, the Daily Mail reporting on this at the moment, that, that effectively these are anarchist jurisdictions with their uh, funding, the federal funding, the grant-based funding that they were expecting being placed under threat by Attorney General Bill Barr. New York, for instance, due $7 billion in grants in 2021. And this goes to the heart, ladies and gentlemen, of what people like Bill de Blasio have been saying over the last 48 hours. I think some of you will have at least seen on the televisions him going up there and saying, look, we're going to be fine. Don't worry about it. The city's great. The city's fine. Yeah, because it's relying on the country. It's relying on the nation. It's relying on these federal grants uh, that are due to kick in in 2021 to bail out the effects of anarchist jurisdictions. And that's, this is what Bill Barr and the Justice Department are leading with today. Steve, team. Okay, I want to go to uh, tonight. We kick off a, uh, a a major in New York City, and uh, we're so um, amazed that the Justice Department has kind of reiterated what we saw. The reason we wanted to do the uh, kickoff of the Steel 2020, the plot to Steel 2020 in New York City, is that uh, just like after 9-11, New York's got to come back. 
it's shocking how the mainstream media is not reporting this. I was stunned to be up there the day after Labor Day in crickets. And now Raheem Kassam's up there. He's seeing it. Uh, other people, John Frederick's up there last night. John Frederick's is going to be on already on the John Frederick's Radio Network at 6 tonight in a pregame. We're going to start. Raheem Kassam is going to open. I'm going to uh, say a few words. It's going to be a, a, a full presentation on the plot to steal 2020. This is not a conspiracy theory. We're taking This is all coming from guys on the left that's doing it. Uh, Vish Burr and the team. We love the uh, New York Young Republicans Club. That's the ones from 1911. Is that when? Yeah, you're... 1911 is when when the club was uh, incorporated. So it makes us the oldest uh, Young Republican Club in the in the country. And this was Teddy Roosevelt and these guys were were there. I think was... we were we were founded in opposition to Teddy Roosevelt. That's even we were... better. You, oh, you guys were trying to say don't don't be a uh, don't be a bull moose. Yeah, don't exactly. be a progressive. Exactly. And uh, at, at our first gal, I believe we had uh, our special guest, uh, President William Taft, Taft at the time. William Taft rolled him in, right? <laughs> which which, which guy could you know guy, they serve good food, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a guy who could do a few pushaways. Should you do a few pushaways, right? Yeah, Taft. absolutely. So yeah, we're we're really uh, excited to to be able to have the privilege to host you again, Steve, uh, and and really let the let the people know, starting right there in the heart of New York City, in De Blasio's anarchist jurisdiction, that the plot to steal twenty twenty will not be successful because while we're here. Your future, ladies and gentlemen, is New York City. The, uh, uh, Raheem, I think you said it best, a dystopian future awaits you if you if you don't change this around. Give us, uh, we've got a couple of minutes, give us two minutes on your take on New York City. John, I was on John Frederick's one, he's gobsmacked, right? He's sitting there going, Bannon, I heard you talking about it, but man, until you come here and see it, it's unbelievable. Raheem, what say you? No. No, it's it's really not good. I had friends, including friends of this show, telling me in advance of getting up here yesterday. They were saying, hey, you know, really don't want to go outside. Don't be carrying cash around you. The crime situation is crazy right now. And I kind of just sort of shrugged at it. And then I was sitting out at dinner last night. Of course, you can't eat indoors anywhere. Everywhere's outdoor seating right now, which for the weather the way it is right now doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But that's okay. They're talking about putting tents around these places now. Effectively, what they're doing is creating indoors outdoors doesn't make any sense from a scientific perspective but sitting outdoors last night and you know all these like atvs come just like careening down the street maybe maybe 10 15 atvs just going straight down uh sixth uh, avenue it was absolutely bizarre it's it really seems lawless it's dark it's cold it's weird uh, homeless people just absolutely everywhere right now crime is obviously skyrocketing i do want to throw a question back at you guys here uh as well right now which is uh we're getting a a lot of questions in the live chat. Where can people watch tonight? Well, I, uh, how are we going to do that? All right, we're going to be uh, we're going to be having a recording. We're going to be having a live stream as well. Our club is going to be uh, able to provide a, a live stream that is the New York Young Republican Club. You can go on uh, Twitter. We'll have a Periscope link. Well, you can go on Facebook. We'll have a, a live stream link there. Uh, so uh, again, it's the New York Young Republican Club. At NYYRC. We'll get it up on the site all day today. We don't want to miss it. Also on the John Frederick Radio Network, it'll be live. Chinese TV, the G News, GTV are going to be there. Lou Da, the amazing host. My dad was on his show. Uh, I was on his show on Friday. I think it was Friday night. Uh, 25 million, like, immediate Chinese. It's just incredible. We're going to have a massive audience for this. People around the world want to understand what's going on. Here's what's going on. 
the radical left understands they cannot win at the ballot box. So they're trying to, long story short, they're trying to foist an illegitimate regime onto the Republic of the United States. That would be Joe Biden. This is why they don't care about he's wandering around with the bib on, you know, getting fed uh, Gerber's, uh, you know, mashed peas. Well, they don't care. Well, they're not covering it. They, they realize he's just not even a figurehead. He's just a he's just a placeholder, right? They got a whole regime. Here's what they do. They admire, they admire the way the CCP rolls. Now, they don't want to be just like the CCP. They're they're not going to be having uh, you know death camps, right? I know some of my colleagues would disagree with that. But what they want is state capitalism combined with the authoritarian model where they can go after the Holy Trinity. The Holy Trinity of the progressive left is, one, destroy the patriarchy. Number two, destroy the systemically racist United States of America. And number three is, uh, you know, is, is go to high church Gaia and, uh, and start doing everything on climate change. That's the, whole, that's the trifecta. That's what they want to implement. And nothing's going to stand in their way. Hillary Clinton, good old Hillary, our gal, under no circumstances are you to concede, Joe Biden. That, trust me, they're not ta- tapping onto the bib, the, the note cards for his sundowner every day, but they got that on his bib right now emblazoned in the back of it. Do not concede, Joe. They will not let him concede. Okay, today at 6 o'clock on the John Fredericks Radio Network, live from New York in Midtown Manhattan, you're going to get the plot to steal 2020 Opening with Raheem Kassam, closing with Stephen K. Bannon. John Fredericks is going to be there. We're going to be up Vish on these other sites all day long. We're going to be getting you the information that you can get it. I want to thank the entire team and the uh, the Women's uh, National Republican Club, the venue, the Young Republicans in New York, uh, to giving it to us. And we look forward to today. And then tomorrow morning, live from New York, with Jack Maxey in the seat here, and is going to be wearing pandemic. See you tonight and tomorrow.